The purpose of this study session in this series that we're doing is to acquaint the believer with that which God has revealed to us in His Word through Bible prophecy concerning His plans for humanity and for the end of time. Matthew 24, 3 tells us, speaking of Jesus as He sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? That question continues to plague believers today. What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? If you've observed, you have a handout that's 33 pages long. You might take some consolation in realizing that my note guide for our study today is only eight pages long. The difference being in the study guide that I've provided you, I have listed all and printed out all of the scripture that relates to that to which I'm simply going to be referring in our study today. So relax, sit back, you can take your study guide home with you, and you can investigate it moment by moment, detail by detail in the privacy of your own home. We're simply going to introduce those things today. It's important for us to understand what God has revealed about the future and where we are today in His plan in order for us to understand what we are to be doing, what our response should be to the circumstances that we continue to encounter in our time. In our introduction to this series, we have reviewed the angelic conflict, explaining why we were created, the doctrine of dispensations, which explains the timetable of God's plan for humanity from creation to the end of time, the seven annual feasts of Israel, which is God's prophetic calendar for Israel, role and their plan in, in the plan of God, We've looked at the panoramic view of the church age as presented in the letters to the seven churches in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 that outline God's timetable for the church. Today I want to review some key events in biblical prophecy which are yet to be fulfilled. This outlines some of the Bible prophecies related to the end times that have yet to occur And while it does not identify all the detail that relates to these prophecies, it does provide the key events that are yet to occur and the order in which they are identified in Scripture. So the next great event of Bible prophecy is the rapture of the church. That will set off the beginning of the great tribulation, so it will occur before the seven years that are identified throughout Revelation chapter 6 through chapter 19, along with Daniel's writings and and Isaiah's writings and others of the Old Testament prophets' writing, we are anticipating then the rapture of the church. It is revealed to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58, where we have the identification then of the resurrection and how all that's going to occur. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, we have the documentation then concerning the rapture and identifying what's going to occur as Christ brings with Him those who have, as believers of the church age, died between the time that the church began in on the day of Pentecost in 30 A.D. and the time that Jesus comes back. The Bible tells us here in these passages He's going to bring the spirits and souls of those that have departed with Him so they can get their resurrection bodies. Now, we need to understand this is simply the resurrection of church-age believers because the age of Israel will be playing out for seven years here upon the earth and those saints, the Old Testament saints, will not be raised until the second advent of Christ. At the rapture, Christ simply comes in the air, as I said, bringing the souls and spirits of those church-age believers that have gone on uh, to heaven to await this moment. And those of us that are alive on the earth in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, our bodies will be changed to be like Him and uh, like those saints that are receiving their resurrection bodies, we will ascend with Christ into heaven. So the rapture of the church is the next great event to occur. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 lays that out for us as well. The next event that is identified then is the judgment seat of Christ, and it's identified for us in Romans 14.10 and 2 Corinthians 5.10. It sets forth for us the fact that we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, not to be judged ourselves, but to have our works evaluated. The word judgment we're going to see in our future study is really... Uh, from the original language identified as the Bema Seat, which refers to a uh, recognition, a time of award and recognition and a place of commission. In the military, in the Roman military, it was used to identify the troops being reviewed, being given commendations, and being given commissions for the next campaign. And so we're going to see all that occur at the judgment seat of Christ. The third event that will occur is the revival of the Roman Empire. It will be a ten-nation confederacy that will be formed under a dictator to seek to dominate and control the world. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7 and verse 24, Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 8, Revelation 17, 3, 12, and 13. And I've included all that in your printed out study guide. The revised Roman Empire then will be made up of ten nations, some of which were in the original Roman Empire, but others of which that are not. And when we explore that in the future concerning uh, the revival of that world power, Uh, We'll see the details as they're spelled out in the Word of God. The fourth event of prophecy yet to be fulfilled then will be the rise of a dictator in Israel. 
The Bible identifies uh, in graphic language a beast out of the sea and a beast out of the land. The beast out of the sea refers to a dictator from the Gentile nations of the world. The land refers to uh, Israel and it will be a dictator of Israel. So there will come to power a dictator of the revived Roman Empire, and along with that will come to power a dictator of Israel. Uh, the dictator of Israel is identified in Daniel 7, 8, and Revelation 13, 11 through 15 in your study notes. A peace treaty, then, will be signed by the dictator of the revived Roman Empire, also known as the King of the West, uh, with uh, the dictator of Israel, also known as the false prophet. A peace treaty for seven years will be uh, established, and that will be established as the tribulation is getting underway. We find then the sixth event, that is identified in Scripture yet to be fulfilled, will be a world church established. We find that in Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 15. In our study of the seven churches in Revelation, we identified that the sixth church, the Philadelphian church, was told uh, because of their faithfulness and zeal, they would not go uh, into the tribulation But we see the seventh church, the Laodicean church, the church that is representative of the church in our day, even today, that the general church then, many of them will not be impaired by the resurrection uh, at the rapture of the church because uh, they will not have had faith in Jesus Christ, but have bought into the world church program. And uh, that will become uh, more universal and ecumenical, and it's identified for us in Revelation chapter 17, verses 1 through 15, where the church is identified as the great whore. The seventh event that is yet to be fulfilled in prophecy, then, is the attack of Israel by the northern kingdom. There are going to be four world powers that are set up while the king of the West is the strongest and seeks to dominate and control the whole world. There is a king of the North that is identified then in that geographical location of Gog and Magog. That would be Russia and that area. And um, so the king of the North is going to make an attack upon Israel uh, about four years before the second advent occurs. Remember, we're dealing with a seven-year period. Ezekiel chapter 38 and chapter 39 uh, lay out for us some guidelines as well as what we find in Revelation concerning the northern kingdom attacking Israel. The peace treaty that the king of the West, the dictator of the revived Roman Empire, established with the dictator of Israel for seven years, supposedly, three and a half years into that treaty, it will be broken. 
A world government is established. A world economic system is in place. A world atheistic religion begins at three and a half years before the second advent of Christ. According to Daniel 7.23, Revelation 13.5-8, Revelation 15.17, Revelation 17 verses 16 through 17. And again, you'll find those in your study notes that are available to you. The ninth event in Bible prophecy yet to be fulfilled is the martyrdom of Christians and Jews that is identified in detail for us in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17, as well as Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. Both Christians and Jews are going to experience extreme persecution and martyrdom. The tenth event yet to be fulfilled is the catastrophic divine judgments that are going to be poured out upon the world. We find that documented then beginning in Revelation chapter 6 and going through Revelation chapter 18. We have a seven-sealed scroll that is going to lay out the documentation for much of that. And then we have the trumpet judgments. Then we have the vile or sometimes called the bold judgments that are going to be poured out upon the earth. It's going to be a time of judgment, but it's going to really be a time of evangelism by catastrophic judgments. And yet, even though the people recognize and know that it's God that's bringing back, bringing out this great affliction upon them, rather than repent, the majority of them simply cry out the message, curse God and die, much like Job's wife told him when he was experiencing his hardships. There's going to be then the 11th event that is identified in Bible prophecy to yet be fulfilled is a world war. It's an Armageddon campaign as it's identified and it breaks out in the Middle East. Daniel chapter 11 verses 40 through 45, Zechariah 14, 1 and 2, Revelation 9, 13 through 21, and Revelation 16 verses 12 through 16 identify that what's going to occur at that particular period of time. The twelfth event, a Bible prophecy yet to be fulfilled that we have documented, is the second advent of Christ. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 3 through 7. Matthew chapter 24, verses 27 through 31. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21. Following the second advent, the 13th event yet to be fulfilled is identified as the judgment of unbelievers or what we might identify as the baptism of fire. Ezekiel lays this out in chapter 20 verses 33 through 38, Matthew 25, 31 through 46, the book of Jude two verses uh, 14 and 15, and remember that's only one chapter in the book of Jude, 
So verses 14 and 15 identify it. Revelation 19, 15 through 21, and Revelation 20, 1 through 4. God is going to judge the nations of the world. He, as Christ returns in preparation to establish then his millennial kingdom of a thousand years, where he himself sits upon the throne of David and rules for that thousand-year period where the curse of the earth is removed and all of that occurs. Before that is ushered in, Christ then judges the Gentile nations and he judges Israel and uh, all unbelievers are killed do not go into the millennial reign of Christ. In addition to the removal of unbelievers through the baptism of fire at the second advent of Christ, Satan is bound in the bottomless pit. Isaiah fourteen twelve through 15, Revelation 20, 1 through 3 gives us some documentation about that. He is going to be bound in the bottomless pit during the millennium for a thousand years so that he has no influence, we'll recognize as well that because all the unbelievers have been removed and the only uh, individuals on the earth alive in their natural bodies will be those believers who have made it through the tribulation, they'll repopulate the earth. It'll be perfect environment with creation having been removed from its curse, the only thing not yet removed at that time will be the, will be death, but that too will uh, be uh, modified some in that it says if a person dies at a hundred years of age, it will no- be noted that they died as an infant. So we're going to have the longevity of life returned once the curse of the earth is removed like unto it before the time of the flood of Noah. So the resurrection of Old Testament saints will also occur with the second advent of Christ and the judgment of the nations. Uh, It is at that time that the Old Testament saints, who were not raised at the rapture of the church because They're in a different administration. Daniel said they would be raised at the end of their administration, and that will occur at the end of the tribulational period, the last seven years. So Daniel 12, 1 and 2, Daniel 12, verse 13, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, give us some documentation on that as well. The millennial kingdom will then be ushered in, that's, Number 16 in the events yet to be fulfilled in Bible prophecy, the beginning of the millennium, Isaiah chapter 11 and chapter 12, Zechariah chapter 14, Revelation chapter 20 verses 5 and 6, established for us the millennial kingdom's initiation where Christ is seated upon the throne of David in Jerusalem. And uh, we who are members of the body of Christ, who at the rapture become the bride of Christ, uh, we are going to rule and reign with Christ over that millennial kingdom. But 
the Jews are going to be involved in that as well uh, as we become the uh, joint heirs together with Christ and kings and priests with Him at that particular time for the millennium. Now that that will carry over for the church age believers into eternity as well. So we have the the millennial kingdom, a period of 1,000 years in a perfect environmental condition upon the earth, Christ himself sitting upon the throne of David, uh, true judgment, uh, pure justice, uh, and Satan bound in the bottomless pit, only believers beginning that particular period of a thousand years, all others having been killed and the beast and the false prophet uh, cast into the lake of fire at the beginning of that time. Uh, But yet at the end of the thousand years, we find there's going to be rebellion. Satan is is released from the bottomless pit for a short season. He heads straight for Russia. He goes to Gog and Magog, and then he goes to the four quarters of the earth, and he assembles an army that is described in Scripture as as many as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore for multitude, and makes another attempt to win his battle against God. But we've already read the book at the end of the, at the conclusion of it. Satan is defeated and now finally is cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. There is a judgment set up then. The great white throne judgment is set up as this earth and this atmosphere melt and vanish away so there is found no more place for them and it will be a new heaven and a new earth that will be ushered in. And in that period of time, the great white throne judgment will be set up. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And as that is set up, all the dead, both small and great, the Bible says, will stand before the great white throne judgment. They're going to be evaluated, as we're going to see in our study, they're going to be evaluated by their own works because they rejected the work of Jesus Christ. They will be evaluated by their works, and their works are not sufficient. And so the book of grace, the Lamb's book of life, will be opened to see as they were written in in the book of the living uh, before the foundation of the earth, but now their names have been blotted out because they rejected Christ, condemned already because they believed not in the only begotten Son of God. And so it's from the great white throne judgment to the lake of fire, and the new heaven and the new earth with the new Jerusalem uh, suspended above the new earth, the new Jerusalem being the home for uh, those that are church-age believers who rule and reign with Christ throughout eternity. And the new earth is quite different than the present earth. Uh, Those of you that are into deep sea fishing, you better get that out of your system. 
before the new earth comes because there are no seas in the new earth. Neither is any moon or sun. Uh, the, the Lord Himself is the light of it. And we find that discussed to us in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. So there are 19 specific events that have not yet been completed in the way of Bible prophecy that we are going to be exploring. The rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, uh, that carries with it the marriage of the Lamb, the revival of the Roman Empire, a rise of an Israeli dictator, a peace treaty between the king of the West with and the, and the dictator of Israel, uh, a world church established, uh, the northern kingdom's attack upon Israel, a uh, peace treaty is broken, uh, and then the last three and a half years you have these these four world powers, the king of the north, the king of the south, the king of the east, and the king of the west, that are all going to converge on Israel in an attempt to destroy and annihilate uh, the Jews, but it's at that point the Lord will return. But we're going to have the martyrdom of Christians and Jews, catastrophic judgments that are going to be brought upon the earth that we will be reviewing. Uh, the, the war then that is identified as the Armageddon campaign, then the second coming of Christ and the judgment of unbelievers and the baptism of fire. And Satan is bound and the resurrection of Old Testament saints occur and the millennial kingdom is ushered in a thousand years. And then at the end of that, there is a revolution led by Satan, once again led out of the bottomless pit, and he is defeated. The great white throne judgment is established, and eternity begins where time is no more. So that's where we're headed in our study, and I have uh, given you the uh, study guide for today that includes uh, most of the documentation for that uh, in printed form, and I simply would refer you to it. There are some prophetic signs of the end times that are identified in Scripture that I'd like to review with you here because they identify for us what is going on in the world today has been recognized by God the Father in eternity past and has been prepared for in His provision for us. The Bible tells us in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, uh, that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. False teachers everywhere identifying the, uh, wearing the cloak of clergymen, of Christians even, 
who have falsified the doctrine, it was foretold of the Lord and revealed in our day. Homosexuality is another sign that we have in the Word of God concerning the end time. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 3 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, and covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. He said this know also that these are perilous times and that when a people refuses to acknowledge God as God, God gives them over to a reprobate mind with women uh, seeking sexual relationships with women and men seeking sexual relationships with men. This is increasingly to be evident in end times and certainly it's on our news every day. Earthquakes will increase in various places according to Matthew 24-7. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers or various places. Stress will become a part of daily living, Second Timothy three one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That word perilous identifies stressful times that we're going to experience. Matthew twenty four six says, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Many wars continue to erupt and we sit in the midst of a time of observing many declaring that the third world war is on our doorstep. Well, it may be we'll just have to see how it plays out. We also see that people will forsake the Ten Commandments as a moral code and will increase in committing adultery and stealing and lying and killing and all of that is identified in a variety of places. But Matthew twenty four twelve says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. We also see that there will be an empty religious system. A religious system that denies God's power. Having a form of godliness, Timothy uh, Paul writes Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Another prophecy is that men will replace Bible doctrine with fables and storytelling. 2 Timothy 4.4, 4, and this is certainly evident in our day, especially at Christmas, when the birth of the Savior is lost behind the myth of Santa Claus, and when the Easter Bunny has a more prominent position than the resurrected Christ, we know that, as Second Timothy 4, 4 says, they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Even our seminaries are saying, don't teach the Word of God. Tell the story, and then 
tell it orally and then you can modify it so as not to be offensive to anyone you're telling it to. We also see that there is the prophecy of deadly diseases being prevalent. Matthew 24, 7. The worldwide increase in AIDS death was an eye-opener a while back, and yet we find today that over 160,000 Americans die of cancer each year, and now it's COVID. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. The fact that God once flooded the earth through the Noahic flood will be denied by so-called geologists and scientists. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. We see there's a mass of fossil evidence to prove the reality and the worldwide scope of the Noahic flood. And yet it's flatly ignored by the scientific world because of its uncanny implication. In Second Peter 3, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. The institution of marriage is prophesied to be corrupted by many. In Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, For this cause God gave them unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was proper. First Timothy 4, three adds, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. There will also be an increase in famines according to Matthew 24.7. It's in that list of various things that are going to occur. A nation rising against nation and famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. We're also told that there will be an increase in vegetarianism. In First Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created, to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. There will also be the cry of peace. Second Thessalonians 5.3 For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Second Thessalonians 5.3 Prophesied also is the possession of Jerusalem 
being the very center of international controversy. Zechariah 12.3 And in that day I will make Jerusalem a, a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves will it, with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth shall be gathered against it. We see also the prophetic sign that knowledge will be on the increase. Daniel tells us in chapter 12, verse 4, uh, that as he receives the word from the angel, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. World travel and knowledge, certainly this prophecy has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled today. We're also told in a prophetic sign that there will be hypocrites within the church. Matthew chapter 13, verse 25 through 30, Jesus tells a parable. He said, "What While men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared also the tares. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He saith unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Well, then shall we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. An analogy of the church and its infiltration by the enemy. Certainly, we have followed that from the beginning of the church to the present time. Prophecy also reveals there will be an increase of religious cults and false teachers. Again in Matthew 24, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. We are also told it would be a time of fearfulness. Luke chapter 21, verse 26. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Another prophetic warning is that humanity will become pleasure seekers. In Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, they're described as traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Prophecy also reveals there will be an increase in travel that I mentioned earlier in Daniel said they'll be running here to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. The Christian gospel, however, will be preached as a warning to all nations. Matthew twenty four fourteen in this gospel of the kingdom 
shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall come the end. We are also told that Jesus said Christians were going to be hated for his name's sake. Again in Matthew 24, this time verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Yet another prophetic sign is that there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. We also find the prophetic statement that the youth will become rebellious. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Look at the rebellion that's going on in our society today led predominantly among the youth. And then another sign of Bible prophecy that we can certainly see is that men will mock the warning signs of the end of the age, saying, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. The Bible even reveals their motivation. They love lust. They fail to understand that a day to, day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. God's not subject to time. He's the creator of time, but stands outside of it. He can flick through time as we flick through the pages of a history book. The reason he seems to be so silent today is because he's patiently waiting, not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. This week, take a few minutes watching the news, reading the newspaper, or scanning the internet. Don't spend too much time. You'll become too depressed. But look at that and see how each one of these current events that are being broadcast on the news relate to the prophecies and signs of our day. False teachers in the church, homosexuality, earthquakes, personal stress, wars, the abandonment of morality and especially the Ten Commandments, empty religious systems, Bible doctrine being replaced by storytelling and fables, deadly diseases, the denial of the Noahic flood, marriage corruption, increase in famines, increase in vegetarianism, a false cry for peace, international controversy over Jerusalem, increase of knowledge, humanity 
becoming pleasure seekers, an increase in travel, gospel being preached around the world, Christians being hated, youth becoming rebellious, and men mocking the warning signs. Reads like our newspaper, our newscast, on any weeknight as we tune in to what is going on in the world. So we need to understand what our role is in this and in this series of studies. It's dedicated to the fact that we might not out of curiosity understand what's going on, but out of our role in it and our response to it, we must understand why these things are happening and what God has said we are to do with regard to it. But it all begins at salvation. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God bless.